being flexible and adaptable is really important. And just being willing to say yes to things that are scary or daunting, being able to take steps towards things that are scary. You know, the move that you're scared to make could be the game changer. And I think that it's just, you know, being open to new opportunities because you never know what that direction is going, where that's going to lead you and how that's going to shape you as an artist. And also making a point to create art every day has also really shaped who I am as an artist. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Like I need a friend. Won't you come and sit in my windowsill? making your way to the windowsill today. I had the real pleasure of talking to a new friend, someone that I had noticed on social media and who was really standing out to me, Shannon Snow. And I just felt like this conversation touched on so many things that I feel were important. We talked about your internal perfectionist, how to get noticed. And I don't mean like you know, look on Instagram or look on LinkedIn. We really dug into some great pointers and tips that she had. Being true to yourself as far as how to balance a job with doing what moves your art forward or, or moves your art into a place where it feels like you're doing it for you. The truth and myths of being a licensed artist. We talked about that. And Shannon just had such great um, perspective on things, I think. Shannon makes colorful art for the colorful at heart, which is absolutely true. Since starting her design career, she's been nurturing her love for highly illustrative surface design, maximalist color, and bold typography. Currently, she finds herself in the world of product development as senior graphic artist at Natural Life. And for those of you who aren't in the States, Natural Life is just a really bright, happy, positive product line with lots of lots of different things. So we'll talk more about that. Born and raised in rural Georgia, Shannon loves an ice-cold cocktail on a humid day. She lives in the beautiful city of Savannah, Georgia with her husband and two daughters. And now that it's October, I'm sure she's cozied up and doing something colorful and positive. 
I'm just really happy to have this conversation with Shannon today. As I mentioned, uh, we touched on a lot of things that are really important to me personally, and I thought her outlook and her point of view were spot on, and she shares some real gems. So sit back and enjoy, and I thank you for being here. Shannon, I'm so glad you're on with me today. Thanks for saying yes to that. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love it when your work comes across my feed because it's it is so bright and happy and it's the kind of work that I'm super drawn to thank you yeah Yeah. I I try to be I try to be a breath of fresh air amidst all the all the (laughs) craziness on social media yes I think that's one thing we're we're lucky to have as creatives is our feed is full of a lot of that I mean certainly it's balanced by other things but thank goodness for the for that. Oh, that's right. I can look at something pretty and yeah. makes me smile. But it's not always easy to be that breath of fresh air when, when that's <laughs> when that's how you're portrayed or how, you know, what's what people are expected to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes I have to, it almost becomes so much of my identity that like rampant optimism that I portray through my artwork. Um, it becomes so much a part of my brand and my identity that I kind of forget to be vulnerable and forget that I'm a human with flaws too. And, you know, I get imposter syndrome and see what other people are making and be like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm so bad at this. We, I know we, we do that so much. And I think especially, I mean, this is no new news, but when we're, when we have a certain style or we feel like we do, and we're looking and and like, oh, that, look how she did that. I like that. You know, did, mm-hmm. I shouldn't put mine out there, whatever it is. And I, I read somewhere on your um, social that um, you might have perfectionist tendencies, which is something oh, I think yeah. we all deal yes. with. And I, I was wondering a little bit about since you're a great established, your work is very established, you're an established artist. Like, how does that, how does that trip you up? My, my tendencies for perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Sometimes I find it stifling um, and unable to, you know, really the perfectionism is kind of like the anti-messy creative type, you know, it's definitely more of my design sense coming in like, well, you could be pushing that like a few more pixels. Like after I posted something, I'll look at it and be like, oh, no, 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 I need to delete that and like move it down. Like, and I've been trying like constantly like fighting myself to not do things like that, to just let things be loose, to let paint, you know, go where it's not supposed to go and Mm -hmm. things that happen there, because I think perfectionist tendencies don't allow for that freedom. Mm -mm. It's kind of, it's like boundaries that you have to work within that are pretty arbitrary, in my opinion. It's true. It's true. They're arbitrary. We do it to ourselves. And I, I find that I'm so drawn to people that well, and they they might have their own per- perfectionist tendencies, but a looser style, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I think maybe when you do have a looser style, you're you still have those parameters that you're saying, can I can I do that? And but social media and the fact that we post things, um, yeah. it's like a mini show right there. So mm-hmm. that feeling of oh, I shouldn't, or the light's not right, or oh my gosh, all the excuses. And I, yes, I constantly find myself over over analyzing things, especially if it doesn't perform well on social media. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one big experiment and I guess it's good to use it as a lab to learn things like, well, why didn't that work? Or why did that one, why was that one more successful? And even that kind of stuff, it kind of bothers me that I even think about it, you know, like that shouldn't be a part of my creative process. But I feel like in this, this modern day of social media and artwork, we find ourselves getting caught up in that. I agree. I think it's kind of baked in, unfortunately. And, and I, and that's why I always um, encourage people I work with or anybody to have those moments where you're trying something new or doing one of the a fantastic challenge that's online or just giving yourself a no rules day like you know Mm -hmm. or or some of those drawing where you draw with your opposite hand or close your Mm -hmm. eyes or one line or all those things that really help but I I get it I I somehow along the way told myself that I shouldn't put my artwork out there Unless like my idea of perfect was that the thing I drew looked like what I was looking at, which is ar- also arbitrary. Yeah. And so it so stopped me. And, and then I'll bet I'm so drawn to loose florals or, mm-hmm. you know, loose lettering, whatever it is. <laughs> then mine is like, Ur-ur. so silly, the rules we give ourselves. And it's, yes. it's, it's just because that it's it then it turns into well I'm judging myself and maybe others will judge you know it's silly Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think about just 10 years ago we didn't have this constant thing in our face where we had to like be comparing ourselves to other artists and I don't even I mean I think about like new artists who are just graduating school and what they have to deal with and I mean no wonder imposter syndrome is so rampant because we didn't have to like have this competitive atmosphere and followers and likes that wasn't all a part of it and so it's really complicated things and I don't know I mean it's just kind of how things are and I don't really know what to do about it other than just go live in a cabin somewhere and not look at it (laughs) well that would be all right but I think the cool the important thing is to to talk about it like this because Mm -hmm. if if someone listening says oh gosh I love her art so much. And I always feel like it, I could never achieve that. And then you hear you saying you struggle with that from time to time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it's like, oh, it just gives us all permission, I think, to feel like we're we're in it together. And and that's one of my favorite things about being in this space, in this creative space, is you somebody that you might have thought was completely untouchable, you can maybe even make friends with or listen to or whatever and, and know that, Oh, they're that they have those same feelings. I can do this. You know, you might, it might make someone a little bit more brave and able to post something they wouldn't have otherwise. That that's a tiny step and a big goal and it works, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, social media when used intentionally uh, can be a really beautiful tool to connect people and connect me to artists. I've never, um, Mm -hmm never thought I could talk to before. I mean, I've been so starstruck by some of my, like some of the, my favorite artists on Instagram. Um, So when they would like leave a comment on my artwork, I'd be like, Oh my God, like I can't (laughs) believe that Jennifer Orkin Lewis just like left a heart, you know? know. (laughs) So I constantly, I think that, you know, it can, it can be really beautiful and like a great way to bring people together um, when used right. 
It's so true. It's the best. I'm, I mean, this again, the space we're in, artists are incredibly kind to each other and, and really are inspired by each other, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes across time after time. And I love that you said that. That's, that's very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I totally get starstruck when someone that I've been following follows me back. Like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I followed me. I know it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and we're all in it together. That's the thing. We're all, we're all trying to figure out where to be in that space and how to support each other. And uh, I love that you said that, (laughs) you know, um, in your bio, you say colorful art for the colorful at heart is kind of your, your vibe. How do you get, how do you land there? Were you always just interested in that? And, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background and how you ended up being that colorful self. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, I think color is everything. It's just so powerful. Um, you know, everyone has a favorite color. What's your favorite color? Chartreuse. Oh yeah. That's such a good one. Um, (laughs) it has, when I was little, which I can't even believe this, it was, I was so into purple because everybody, all the girls like pink. And I just, I don't, purple is such a divisive color. I am not a purple It's kind person. of punk rock. It is. <laughs> so it's kind of mustardy chartreuse for me. What about you? I think I love just tones of red, um, even That's though I'm cool. not sure that it goes with like, you know, my whole, like, I'm more of like a, I think a summer. So I'm not sure that red totally goes with Red's me, but... a brave color though. That's, yeah, I mean, that's very cool. Yeah. Like when I was a teen, I based my whole personality around the color red. Like I had red hair. My room was red. Oh my gosh. My that's awesome. Was red. So I've always just really maybe been obsessed with color. Um, I love, I mean, now that I'm older, you know, I love chartreuse too. And um, salmon is more like my adult version of red now probably but corals and and peaches I've just always like obsessed over the different subtleties and hues of colors and like I love finding names for colors like wow that's Mm. such a like that's robin's egg blue I've always been obsessed with that um I just think it's so there's something so beautiful and poetic about names for colors and where they come from like chartreuse do you find yourself when you're mixing a color thinking about what it's called. Oh yeah, totally. I love to use Holbein acrylic gouache and I love the names of those colors. Like I'm looking at some right now and I've got like an ash blue mm. and a misty green. And my mm. favorite is opera, which you know is that like bright neon pink. Yeah. And they are such good names though. They yeah. they make they take you somewhere. Yeah. I mean I I feel like I don't know, color like I used to be so obsessed with color that you could give me a random Pantone number and I would tell you what kind of color that is. Um, but you know, now that I'm a mom, my brain is like dumped all that information. (laughs) Oh my goodness. uh, Yeah. But but when you're, when you are a designer for a company and you do production, et cetera, you know, those colors you do. I totally the same. And I, I remember, you know, going into me. Oh yeah. We've had whole, um, long discussions about, which red 200 198 yeah oh yeah yeah I feel like um sometimes when I'm like writing colors out as I have to do when I'm like making the technical spec sheets um I'll pick a pink and it's like always rhodamine red mm. and I'd be like I don't I'm not gonna write that out so instead I'll do like PMS 225 and see <laughs> it's just like lazy workarounds but it's like the same hot paint color if you don't know what that is but everybody go look it up yeah <laughs> I love that. And if you could see us on screen, we'll have to take a, mm-hmm. a sh- shot. I'm wearing 
mustard and chartreuse and you're yes, wearing you red and yellow and blue. I love it. Green, it's very, yeah, you're very it's, colorful today. I feel like I'm very like fabulous. primary school teacher colors with this but today. It's vintage and amazing. Yeah. Shannon um, has a, a top on made by an artist. You, did you say Selena Sanders? Selena Sanders. Yes. She it's creates amazing. clothing from upcycled linens, tea towels and tablecloths. And they're just the most beautiful works of art. Like you must look her up. Mm, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. So, but so I just using these colors in my work, I find that color is also really tied to emotion. And so I use a lot of yellows and pinks and orange because I feel like those express happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. And so just really the more color, the better, like maximal color, like amplify the feelings of happiness. I love that. So you have your own art solidly grounded but then mm-hmm. you also work for a brand that's very colorful and very mm-hmm. happy did they find you through your art um no actually i kind of stumbled upon them 8 years ago i think it was like at the time and it, what i was doing at the time was so different from natural life it's kind of crazy they hired me but at the time i was living 2014 living in new york working for an ad agency designing political mailers, which is so anti-Shannon, I feel like. It was was so, such soul-crushing work because, I mean, I don't know about you, but anytime I get a mailer, like a political Mm -hmm. ad in the mail, it goes straight to the garbage. Yep. (laughs) And so I was like, well, this is going to be trash. Um, And so, yeah. And so um, when I was in New York, um, I'd gone to Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD, And after that, I moved to New York and I reconnected with the guy I'd been dating when I was at SCAD and he was still down in the South. And so I started looking for jobs down here, thinking like, how can I get back to just, you know, reconnect with him? And so I found this ad for a designer position at Natural Life and I had never heard of them. Wow. Um, And so... I, and I eight remember. years ago, 10 years, yeah. what'd you say? Big. Eight years I mean, ago, yeah. They're still big, but yeah. They they really they were the up. first yeah. to do mm-hmm. several, several kinds of things. We I mean, as a designer for different companies, natural life was always like, what's natural life doing? You know? It's, yeah. Yeah. So you hadn't heard of them. No, I mean, I'd probably seen the work out and right, about without um, knowing it. But just didn't know what I was looking at. Um and so, yeah, I interviewed with them. And then two weeks later, I was living in Florida and working, working oh for them. Gosh. Yeah. Um, it just worked out really well. And I mean, obviously, I love it. I, I still work here. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, now I live in Savannah, Georgia. They allowed me to work from home. So that's been nice. really nice, too. Yeah. So I have to ask a few questions about that path, because this yeah. is what I find so interesting. So what did you did you major in illustration or graphics at SCAD? What did you study? So I studied illustration and when I was in school, I really thought I was going to be doing uh, editorial illustration mm-hmm. just because at the time, I mean, it, they've totally expanded the program now and it includes surface design and concept art. But at the time it was very much like children's books or editorial. Yeah. And so that's what I thought I was going to be doing, but that's kind of hard to break into. I mean, as yeah. soon as you graduate, you're, you know, you're off on your own. You're I'm, I'm freelancing. Um, And suddenly I was thinking like, this is, I don't know where my art fits in because Mm. I'm just kind of the girl, the illustration girl that does like weird lettering and flowers, you know, (laughs) because at the time, 2011, 
Yeah. And that whole, like, everything is gray, everything is white, yeah. minimalism trend was yes. really taking over. And I just was really confused about what direction to go in. So, so at that thinking, point, you were still, you loved, you said, um, you know, funny, funky shaped mm -hmm. lettering and flowers. And obviously color was, part, yeah. if you were the red girl, you know, yeah, <laughs> so was, yes. that must have been a really tricky time to you you know you've gone through all this study you've learned all these things you still know what you like what do you do with it so exactly how what was that process like what kind of places were looking for people like you did did people come to SCAD for interviews or did where there must have been connections through people how did that part work and how did you end up in New York um Oh, gosh, <laughs> I feel like I just was so open to any opportunity that would come my way. I mean, I did so many random things. And I think that is really important for new designers to know when they graduate, to just be open, be willing to say yes, even it's, if it's out of your comfort zone. I mean, I luckily, uh, I got a job out of college designing t-shirts for fraternities and sororities. So I mean, that was, I was still kind of doing a little bit of illustration on the back of t-shirts, but it was always yeah. for like some kind of party that the sorority was having. Right. And so I would get these prompts for the t-shirts and I feel like they really broke me in as a designer because the prompt would be like for this uh, Washington and Lee University mm -hmm. and they'd be like, okay, we're going to have a cookout and I want George Washington wearing a hot dog suit and he's grilling out and he's wearing a grill on his teeth and they're like oh, okay I guess I have to draw this it's part of my job and so you know I feel like those weird little jobs probably very much shaped who I am as a designer today you and, know that is such a great yeah. example we don't think about that we think oh you know you might say oh I, d I did t-shirt designs for but what a mashup. That's like your ultimate yeah. creative challenge. Okay, George Washington in a hot dog suit. So it has to look like you have to, I mean, you know. Yes. But looking and back. And they wanted this stuff like fast, fast, fast. Like you're <laughs> making 10 shirts a day. So you had to get just like quick and, you know, creative solutions and become a very good problem solver. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that really broke me in as a designer. I did that for about two years. And then, you know, my design career was kind of stagnating. I'd been dating the guy at SCAD and I was like, you know, I kind of just want, I want to travel. I want an adventure. So yeah. I went to Europe for six months and then oh, nice. I was like, well, now what's next? And so I moved in with some girls I had gone to SCAD with in New York and Perfect. that's where I got the job there. So, and you know, they kind of hired me. I don't even know why they hired me for political ads after seeing all my t-shirt work, but you know, you find people in your life who are willing to say yes to you. And there's a lot yeah. of people who will say no. But if you right. keep trying, if you keep trying, you will find the people who will give you a chance and just don't give up. You know, you really will. I think it almost links back to what we were talking about, being brave, being willing to put yourself out there, being willing to ask, because the more you do, the more you're going to find those people, the mm -hmm. the ones that are aligned with what you're doing. And even if it's like an interim thing, you know, maybe I want to move or maybe I want just some job I can do that's creative. Th there will be that yes out there too. And I think it's mm -hmm. just a, at the same time kind of circling back and saying, I've lost my colorful lettering and flowers. Where's that? And it's still important to me. You know, I, I can't imagine 
you know, this is great. I'm in New York and I have a job, but then it, you know, sometime sneaking in comes the colorful, you know, the rest of it. Yeah. And that was the great thing about getting the job at Natural Life because it, it kind of reunited me with my love for color. I had a suddenly had this chance to experiment with more unexpected color palettes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of allowed me to marry the design skills from the ad agency yeah. to my super weird illustration. I was going to say was like the perfect, t-shirt the skills right there. Image. Yeah. Yeah. And things you really like to do. Exactly. So when you, st- how, where'd you see that ad? I'm curious. It was on Behance. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And Interesting. also, um, one more thing about natural life. I feel like the work I do there, it's fun, fun to do, but it's also really rewarding, Mm. you know, because it, it is very positive and, you know, we're constantly seeing messages from people that are just uplifted by the messages. And so you kind of feel like, you know, I'm kind of making a difference with my work here. I'm so glad you said that you, you are, it's natural life for those you know, who maybe aren't in the States or who don't know this company, how would you describe it? Um, It is a colorful, bohemian company, home and gift apparel for women um, of ages eight to 80. That's how they would describe Mm -hmm. it. But it's all about um, enjoying the little things in life and living happy. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you to describe it. That's perfect. You know, (laughs) and as... um. Well, as a consumer, certainly, and as a fellow designer of things, I would love seeing it out in the market. I would love seeing it. The showroom as we went by, it was always just over the top, delicious. <laughs> yes. You know, just a Maximal, feast. for sure. Maximal, <laughs> for sure. The, the original boho, really. <laughs> yeah. A feast for the eyes and just so many good ideas, too. And, and not afraid. I remember a purse kind of a handbag that this was a long time ago um but it was kind of an army green but the way it had a maybe another strip of fabric and the edge was frayed instead of hemmed under and it was printed on and then there was ruby you know there's a quote on it It, it's it was tastefully the products are tastefully pushed i i feel like over the top for sure and it probably had hot pink on it too probably yeah (laughs) but i coming from a couple places i designed where we could push it and a couple places I designed where we couldn't push it. And I always felt like, why wouldn't you push it? Why, why wouldn't you try and, and stand out that way from, from the competition? So I, I've always felt that, that natural life, um, kind of broke those barriers and said, we're going to, we're going to do things this way. And one of the things that I wonder if you agree is when you do design for a company like that, a lot of the things we make are made overseas and you're teaching when you, when you're doing something new, you're teaching the people you're working with how to do it because they will say, well, we've never done that before. And and you have mm-hmm. to, it's so fun to work with a company that is like, well, let's figure it out together instead of, okay, we'll just have the regular old mug then, you know, it's right. Yeah. We have a team of only a team of seven designers and five of those focus on product and the other two are marketing. So it's a small team. And so we wear a lot of hats. We do a lot of things that are out of our comfort zone. Like lately, we've started animating things for Instagram, wow. yeah. which is like, ooh, I learned After Effects. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's been um, tremendous for my personal growth as an artist. And I think, you know, I, as I've kind of grown 
my personal work, I find that the two are mutually um, beneficial for each other. Mm -hmm. Like I can take what I've learned outside of work and bring it in. And then I also find that, you know, a lot of, I feel like we've kind of grown together over the past eight years, me and natural life. Well, being such a key designer for them and um, being aligned with the work and the message they're putting out. I mean, how cool, because you're growing Mm -hmm. them, you're growing together, but you're growing each other, which is a very fantastic company to be able to work for a play, a good place to be. And it's very, it's very cool too, that, that you do have a personal um, career as well as natural life. That's not always the case either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do, I have to be respectful of, you know, everything I do um, and just make sure that there's no conflict of interest. Um, But yeah, I mean, so far it's been okay. (laughs) Yeah. I do enjoy being able to have the freedom to work on my artwork outside of work because, you know, when you have a job, there's the stability of that, but you're also, you know, you're working within someone else's vision Right. And there's boundaries there that you don't want to go beyond or suddenly it's not really looking like the brand anymore. And you can't just say like, this is all about me. Right. You have right. to work within the collective voice. Well, they know who their customer is and they need to stay <laughs> yes. in that. Yeah. But I would think too, that, that a lot, you know, the fact that you can do both, mm-hmm. then when you're not designing something for natural life, you're like, I'm going to take it over here because that's how where I want to explore and it's not gonna be a conflict because they wouldn't do it anyway you know right yeah like I just put out a line of fabric at Joanne and you know that is something very different and Mm -hmm. but also super exciting yeah um and you know with my work I can really I have the freedom to explore to experiment to be weird to draw a gnome riding an elephant if I want Um, right it's it's a pretty I'd say it's a truer reflection of who I am mm-hmm. than you know the the work I do at my job, but yeah. I still love what I do. So you know, kind that's, of a win win situation. It is. That's a lucky combination. I'm super excited to share with you this month's windowsill workshop. It features the powerhouses Terry Runyon and Lynn Gunter. Terry is a visual artist, creative encourager, and a cat lover. And Lynn is a collage lettering artist who loves to bring positive words to life. They are really excited to teach you a little bit of mixed media and creating art without a plan. They're going to let you peek into what happens when they get together to create. The workshop will include learning to paint birds from blobs, cut paper, and mixed media. They will also cover having fun with making patterns, tips on how to cut out lettering, and show you how to make everything you've learned into final pieces of art. Important stops away will include talking about being brave and vulnerable when getting creative and letting yourself be open to spontaneous surprises. Also, what to do when you hit the dreaded I hate it phase. So join us for Birds with Words, Saturday, October 22nd. You can find more info at tantostudio.com windowsill workshops. You know, I always love to ask if there's advice for people who are looking to do work like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. those jobs are hard to find. They're few and far between because as you said, there's seven designers, five and two. And if you had a friend right now that really wanted to get into something like that, what kind of advice would you give them? I would say 
number one, research is the most important thing you can do if you want to work for a specific company. Like you need to know the brand and you need to reflect that in the work you're making. You need to study it. You need to look at the words that they're writing on the blog and how you can be speaking that same language back to them, showing them where you fit inside of their family. Mm. So they're like, we need this person in our family. Like we need her. Yeah, Um, I agree. I just feel like you need to be creating work that fits into that. So when they see it, they, they immediately recognize you. It's familiar to them. And they're like, come on in. Like, you'll be great. You'll be great on day one. Yeah. So yeah. Research number one. I've talked about it before on here. So if you're a listener, that's, that might've heard this, I pay so much attention. I, I do, you know, I, I work with a wonderful company and we're looking for artists all the time. And when that artist very, very seldomly does an artist present work showing the format that Studio M sells. And when they do, I'm like, okay, paid attention, did mm-hmm. the research it, for anything I'm working on. If I can, if I see somebody doing that, that doesn't only show me that their art aligns, not that it always does, but that they art aligns, but that they're that kind of person. They're like, they're going the extra mile. They really are curious about you. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, sometimes when you get an email that says, dear Mary, and you're like, well, my name's Shannon. Yeah, so. It doesn't even have your name. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I. It's also um, a sign of respect. It is. Know? And that they care. They're really trying. Yes. I feel like they're yes. really trying. And and it is, it's, there's a lot of people doing I want to say similar without meaning that it looks the same, but sometimes it does. So how do you set yourself apart? And I would think too, that again, it wraps back around, right? To comparison or um, perfection. But you all, you always, if you're touching in with the things you love to do, you're always going to be touching into, to your own style. So how do you take it further? Well, you do the research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Become become that thing that you want to be, you know, like you don't need someone's permission to do that. Like just start doing it. You know, like if you want to work for natural life, just start, you know, (laughs) like really connect with the brand and like get in their DMS and like comment on things that they do. It's like with any brand really, like you, you get the brand to know you as well. I, it is so fun. You guys, it is so possible. (laughs) It is so possible. I have said it before and I'll say it again. I would not, Lisa Congdon's one of my dear friends. I would not know mm-hmm. her without the internet. Amy Butler would not know her without the internet. You know, there's, there's people that I have, Jennifer Orkin Lewis wouldn't know you without the internet. You know, <laughs> yes, there's, uh-huh. there's people that have come through our lives. We didn't have this opportunity. I have connect with people all over the world, as do you, as do we all, because we can. So because we can, we can also go that extra step to say, if, if somebody knows they really want to work for say natural life or whatever it is, or they mm-hmm. really someday want to have whatever it is. I, I don't want to be too specific because when people yeah. like you said, but it's about making that relationship. You comment on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the posts, you tag them in your work, you show that you're doing. And then, because guess what, when that time comes, when you at natural life is looking for someone, or I'm looking for someone to license or another company is guess who shows up? There's you're going to think about who's in front of you, right? Right. And if it if you really connect, ding, ding, I don't think we talk about this enough. I mean, we say, you know, go and look on LinkedIn. And if you, but once you figure it out, dig in. 
yeah, I mean, most people can probably tell you what their dream job is and a hundred percent, you can make that happen. If you put in the work, mm-hmm. if you want it that badly, you can make it happen a hundred percent. You can, I, um, I have done that. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's uh it's because sometimes they're not always the dream you thought they would be. That's yeah. Where I, was I mean, going with that. but yes, most of the time yes. you can tell. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, we see something and sometimes it's like very much like a grass is greener situation. You know, I hear you talk about licensing a lot and how a lot of people do think that's going to be like their answer to like, I'm going to live off of the income I get from royalties. Um, like maybe if you're like a celebrity, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I agree that that is just something that looks a lot better from afar. <laughs> I know like that's a myth that's a myth that needs to be busted. Um mm-hmm. and and I I I don't know, maybe some people listening are, right now are like, "What?" But <laughs> um I love licensing. Like I wouldn't have we wouldn't have the products in the world today we have, obviously, if it weren't mm-hmm. for licensing. However, it's we also don't sell I worked um, at a wonderful company um, when I first got into doing this and and wasn't have didn't have my own business anymore. So a skew is one item. So you know, say Christmas ornament or a zip pouch or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's one skew. And they would drop that skew the next year when they were looking at all the numbers if it was below <laughs> twenty five thousand dollars, like some huge number back in the yes. old day, back when mm-hmm. the the um, there wasn't the same level of competition now it's so different you guys uh, one skew might make you might sell 600 you might sell a thousand if if you're lucky because it's there's the line is broad or whatever and so if you're getting paid five to seven percent of that it do the math it's it's yeah, just and if not you have the agent, numbers aren't what they use and if you have an agent yeah. you're making half of that don't get discouraged though <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I feel, I love licensing too. I have an agent um, and my agent has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, it's, I'm so busy that I can't make these connections, but she will do that for me. And I think it's awesome to be able to see my artwork on fabric or books, um, phone cases coming soon, but Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's really opened up a whole new world that I couldn't do by myself. And, um, you know, I have a full-time job, so I don't need to be living off this income at this point. It's just fun and it's growing my brand. I think like you're mentioning right now, I think it's, um, it's a piece of the pie and, and Mm -hmm. here, you know, I say Lisa Cong again, she's got some great, uh, well, her books and her podcasts are a great way where she talks about how she balances, balances that. And that's something obviously you're doing really well too. It's like licensing is a part. I might do my own product that I sell, be that print on demand, be that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to invest in some scarves or whatever that is, you know, you have a job that you like, you, you know, there's maybe somebody does speaking engagements, maybe somebody teaches, you know, all those things we ought, if the, if you do it and you're paying attention to your gut, you like them all, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then the fact that the agent takes half is not a big deal because she got you the job you wouldn't have gotten without her because you're 
busy doing all the things that you like getting up out of bed in the morning for. So, you know, yes. And they're my- constantly promoting you too, which I, you know, another thing that I don't really have the time and resources to do. So we weren't, I wasn't personally trying to be a downer on that, but I think it's really good to call that out because often you'll hear, oh, licensing is the way. I think it's one of the ways. Yes, for sure. Yeah. My husband, um, the guy I dated at Scott is now my husband. I didn't want to ask. (laughs) I feel like I should do a shout out for him because he is an amazing illustrator, uh, painter. His name is Britt Spencer. Awesome. Um, And he is like being able to work in the studio, I have a home studio that I share with him. And it's so awesome to be able to have that extension mm. of the um, constructive feedback that you would get in art school just here in the studio with me because he is a, he's an adjunct professor at SCAD, but he also does freelance uh, editorial illustration for wow. Newsweek and several other garden and gun. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, he, you know, he sells paintings too. So, you know, we both understand how there's kind of a hustle involved when you're yeah. a working artist and it's not just one, uh, there's not just one income source, I guess I should say in one revenue. There's lots of them. There is. Okay. I just looked at his work. Wow. How fun. I, I think to have, and wherever you find it, how awesome to to live under the same roof with a person that can that you know you can have that conversation with. That is mm-hmm. often often I know many of you listening don't have that support at all. So where do you find it? You find it here. You find it in in your peer group. Wherever you find it, lean in because yes. that is those are the people that are going to be like, no, just post it. It's awesome. No, I mean it. You know, or let's let's dissect that. Let's see what what is bugging you about it or whatever that is. Yeah. And I feel like if you surround yourself with creatives, it's kind of hard to not want to be creating art all the time. I agree. I love it. And I I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like we, we have these conversations like, just go do your thing. But we, we all know in the same breath, there's things to do. You have to pay the rent. And however you do that, Mm -hmm. you, you're have a fantastic job at natural life. Somebody else might be, I don't know, a dog sitter, whatever it might be that, but find a way. So when you're doing it is, do you have time to listen to something creative or um, watch a class or something like that? That's feeding you in another way. I just, mm-hmm. we're here because we, we love it. it it's a passion. You know, my dad was, uh, my dad had a job where he had to retire at 60. He was an airline pilot and I don't, we as creatives, we never have to, we'll never stop. We'll, we'll be thinking as long as, I mean, you'll probably be naming colors as long as you can, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Like it's just creativity is a part of you. Um, You know, that Maya Angelou quote, it's like, uh, what is it? I wrote it down here. Let me see. Oh, it's, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. One of the best. Yes. It. I just really connect with that because I found as soon as I started making art every day as a personal practice, it was like the creativity was just like blowing the roof off the house. It's like, yeah, like I had to be, it's like I had an idea and I was like, I got to get this out. I got to paint this. It's so true. The more you use, the more you have, if you spend the time to do that. And we know that if you if you do a challenge or you have that practice every day or you do those few minutes of color meditation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it 
it just it just grows and grows so i love that you have some exciting things happening oh yeah can you share yeah yeah so through my agent i have two books coming out in 2023 both are being published by harvest house but the first one they're kind of different um from each other Uh, but the first one is called i wish for you um and it's an 80 page book that is just chock full of my illustrations and encouraging messages and it's a gift book so it's ideal for gift giving and it contains uplifting affirmations that celebrate the best that life has to offer and it would be kind of a great book yeah a great book to give to someone who is you know just at any time where they need that emotional encouragement even if they're graduating or the baby shower it's gonna be um I'm really excited about it because it's just 80 pages of my licensed artwork. I didn't do a thing for it. it they just took my artwork and put really? it in the book. Yeah, I mean, it, wow. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the great thing about licensing is something like mm-hmm. that where it's a book, but I it's really almost like a portfolio of my artwork that has oh, nice messages in it. Just have that all in one place too. Yeah. So that's called I Wish For You. And then the second one coming out later in 2023 is my first children's book which I'm really excited about because that's always been a bucket list thing like I want to do a children's book um and it's called today I feel like a jelly donut oh my gosh which is really fun um and it teaches young children to recognize and manage feelings through food and color which are two of my favorite things oh my gosh right up your alley yeah so it's it's like a a jelly donut that's having the jelly squeezed out of it because it's so overwhelmed and just teaching kids like coping mechanisms for how to deal with big emotions and using a lot of color in there too. What a great combination of, of subjects too. I mean, you know, emotion we, and color and emotion is so related to color. I can remember um, going into my doctor's office when my mom was a designer. So we talked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about color and pattern and all the things. And I can absolutely, I must've been, you know, sixth Mm -hmm. grade thinking, why, why are the walls painted gray? Why, why do they think that that's going to make anyone feel better? And then later on, not that much. I probably was in college and my mom was telling me about um, a team. I can't recall the, the name right now, but a team of researchers that was doing all this research about color and hospitals and health and healing and children children's you know healing and children's areas and just it just that always made such sense to me um but anyway I'm I'm tan I'm off on a tangent Mm -hmm. but to put those Mm -hmm. things together and I would think to create a children's book where you're talking Mm -hmm. about feelings and color that just must have really been you know rewarding to do yeah definitely especially because I have two young daughters and it's always exciting when you create something that you know you're going to be using in your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting just to be able to be like, hey, look, mommy made this. Did they come to you with the idea or did you, how did that one work? The uh, they, they came to me with that idea, but it just worked out so well. Well, they were looking at the right person. <laughs> that. What do you think is the best thing you've done in your career to get you where you are? Um, a couple of things. I think being flexible and adaptable is really important um and just being willing to say yes to things that are scary or daunting like this interview (laughs) um (laughs) but i'm glad you did yeah but it's just uh i think being able to 
take steps towards things that are scary you know there's like a natural life quote and of course like they're always floating around in my head so I have to say it but the move that you're scared to make could be the game changer and yeah and I think that's it's just you know being open to new opportunities because you never know what that direction is going to where that's going to lead you and how that's going to shape you as an artist um so there's that and also making a point to create art every day has also really shaped who I am as an artist. Um, you know, because I was working at Natural Life for several years, um, just kind of doing that alone. And then at the start of 2020, you know, COVID, of course, and I also had my second daughter. So mm-hmm. suddenly I had all this time on my hands um, that, you know, I was on maternity leave, so I didn't have to be working. So I still wanted to be making art every day. So I was making my own work and I was like, well, who is Shannon? Like, who is Shannon Snow? What, what does that look like that's separate mm-hmm. from my day job? Um, and so I was like participating in Instagram challenges, like 36 days of type, like doing typography. Nice. And then I participated in, I think it was called like April illustration. And it was like some of my favorite artists, like, uh, Monica Forsberg Love and her. Jennifer Orkin Lewis and uh, Esty McLeod. Yep. Esty. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then after that, I was like, well, what's next? I guess I'll do my own. And so I did 30 Days of Garden Friends. And I feel like during that period, it was like making art, you know, I hear a lot about artists who do these like 30 day challenges and mm-hmm they're kind of life-changing, you know, if you put in the amount, like you're making these core pieces that are kind of anchoring the rest of your body of work down. Yeah. Yeah. And every now and then you make a new core piece that kind of like continues to shape who you are during your evolution as an artist. But I just think creating that visual vocabulary is really important because it's a consistent thing through your body of work. And you can like, oh, this is how I draw eyes or Mm -hmm. I draw dogs you know it's like you are creating those things for yourself for you to always refer back to and have that you know that artistic style that everyone is trying to figure out you find that comfort where it's like those are the eyes I like to draw you know Mm -hmm. I don't know if you I remember over and over again in junior high and high school drawing a, the side of a silhouette of a woman's face. I mean, mm-hmm. I did that a million times. And and then there's all of the, the people that were drawing the horses and that, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they had that horse down, you know? Yes. But, but I love what you said. Who is, who is Shannon Snow? But if somebody mm-hmm. else said, write that down, people, who is Margot Tanto? Who is like, who am I? Because if you can answer that and granted it changes all the time, but and then respond to some of those answers. Mm-hmm. That's where you start to be your own best friend, you know? Yeah, definitely. I was actually sitting down before this talk and thinking like, who am I? Like, how would I describe my work to an alien <laughs> or to just like a person with one sentence? How, did that, you come up with that? I, I did. Um, and let's see if you agree with it. Um, cause I had to sit down and I like ran it by my husband. I love that question. Like, How would you describe your work in one <laughs> sentence? This might show up again. <laughs> yeah. And I said that, um, my art's inspired by folk art and informed by the color stylings of mid-century art, like Mary Blair. So it's kind of like contemporary folk art, I guess, with heavy on lettering and rampant optimism. Optimism. That is fantastic. <laughs> 
Now take that bio yeah. and use it over and over again. Yeah. That's so good. That, what a great question to ask yourself. I'm so glad you did that. I'm going to have to do that too. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's good to talk to yourself often, which I try to do and probably sound like a crazy person, like actually speaking out loud to myself mm-hmm. and even just like telling myself nice things about myself because it's, you know, I'm a human too. I have flaws. Like I'm constantly doubting myself. We need to hear it. We need to yeah. hear those things. It's true. And I, I think, uh, Again, it's so easy. Like you were saying before you went on your second maternity leave, you're, you're in it, right? You're in it doing mm-hmm. the creating, doing the, you're still creating, but you're creating for specs and then lettering and color and digging into that. Who am I question? Yeah. yeah. And we can find time to do that. We don't need yeah. to be on maternity leave. That's very true. I found the work that I was drawn to making during that time too, was almost like, like I said, rampant optimism, but just blinding positivity Mm. because I really feel like social media can make the world seem really dark Mm -hmm. and can make us dislike our neighbors but then once you go out and talk to your neighbor you're like hey they're pretty cool and you go to the grocery store and you make eye contact with someone and smile at them and someone gives you a compliment and you feel obliged to like say something nice back it's like oh wow like this is a completely different reality than what is portrayed on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what I often put out into the world with my artwork is just very positive, very just anti gross internet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like I'm putting it out because I want to receive it back. Right. Because I want to remind myself that there's a little bit of light left in this dark space. You know, and the other thing about you doing that is that is what we all are looking for. We're looking for that reminder that, and it's not Pollyanna. It's like, I'm digging in and I'm realizing this is possible. This is how I feel. This can move me forward. And maybe it can move you forward too, or maybe it can make your day a little brighter or whatever it is. And and I'm super grateful for that. Those are the things that we we collect and we have around us. So thank you for putting them out into the world. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like there's still a lot, you know, if someone wants to like go and see something negative or, you know, divisive, there's still lots of places they can find that. So it's just not on my page, not on my page, especially after I've worked at making political ads, like I just decided <laughs> I'm not going to use my creative gift to ever do something to divide people again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not I'd rather divisive. bring people together and remind people that we have a lot more things that we have in common than we have that divide us. That's so interesting, Shannon, that you actually have experienced in your career those two completely opposites. <laughs> That's really interesting. I love that you said that. And it's so true. I mean, if we take the time to to get to know somebody and who they are in their path, there's you know, there's plenty to love. So finding it through colorful artwork, however we need to find it. Exactly. Yeah. I would love to know what's your favorite medium. You mentioned Holbein gouache. Is that what you use all the time or do you mix it up? Cause it looks like maybe colored pencil. Yeah. It's kind of a, a mix, but definitely my anchor is the Holbein acrylic gouache. Um, I think, you know, someone who I've heard other artists talk about, you know, if they have a design background, they tend to use gouache. And that's kind of how I feel, especially because I kind of started out in the digital realm. And I almost mm. feel like it's the the 
it's like the what's the word I'm looking for it's almost like the traditional alternative mm-hmm. to digital medium because you can get that flat opaqueness and you can also paint over it if you make a mistake it's yeah. like control z but yeah. you know and with paint <laughs> um, I love so, that I've never heard anybody say that before but you're so right yeah it's like watercolor is very unforgiving but gouache is is perfect for someone like me who has perfectionist tendencies um (laughs) but yeah um and I also I like to play around with colored pencils for texture and uh watercolor has been a fun one that I've been playing with too and I even sometimes like to get my daughters to just like put a lot of paint on paper and just make a lot of marks and I'll scan that in and use that as textures kind of like Eric Carl style Mm -hmm. um so I love to do collaborations with them because they're awesome and little artists themselves do you do much digital do you find yourself heading there um I so that's kind of where I started just with all the design stuff and Mm -hmm. so I do find myself bringing most of my work into photoshop and cleaning it up and maybe adding more textures like i said like sure work wise i can totally see why that's necessary yeah and so and also you know for licensing it's good to be able to have it scanned in and like ready to go on different formats yeah awesome would you ever consider teaching have you thought about that um i have and i'd be totally open to it but i feel like i'm so unorganized and I find that I ramble and sometimes when I'm done speaking I'm like did any of that make sense so I'd be open to it um but I, I feel like I'm great just like to learn from a, a fount of information that's just like overflowing and hopefully you caught all of that <laughs> well, well we'll look for that next chapter you know I want to know who's inspiring you these days and you've mentioned some great ones and I've taken notes so those will all be in the show notes but you mentioned some other ones to me too previously so who's inspiring you these days one of my favorite artists and you guys should definitely look him up is Mamoru Yamamoto Mm -hmm. but when you see his artwork you'll just want to live inside of the illustrations they are so gorgeous and such a feast for the eyes heavy it's like illustration that's definitely heavy on design heavy on folk art influences bright colors I think you'll definitely see the influence um in my work and then of course um another artist that I love it's kind of a lesser known Hungarian folk artist but I'm sure if you saw his artwork you'd also be like oh yeah I've seen that on Pinterest um is Karali Reich Mm -hmm. um and I just love the way I just love his hand, I guess I should yeah, say, like yeah. the way he draws animals um, and just sort of the the symbolism. It's just very folk art-ish, I guess. It, it is. Just, and, you know, it almost it's it reminds me of what you were just talking about when you do something over and over again and you find the way you draw the head tilt or the bird beak or the mm-hmm. eyes or the or the, you know, flower or the lettering as well which is something I love to do. Mm-hmm. It, it really, his work is so delicious and it's, he his vocabulary is vast, but mm-hmm. it's colorful and interesting and it just makes you want to see more. Um, yeah. Which- it's super nostalgic and there's something really comforting about it. Just the kind of the storybook 
feeling to it, but also the childlike playfulness. I it agree. just, yeah, it, I'm very drawn to it. Very cool. And Mamoru Yamamoto as well. Super delicious. Absolutely mm-hmm. great. I love that. Folk art is so interesting because these people, you kind of think they're not drawing what they see with their eye, but they're like drawing what they see inside of their soul. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's just, you really feel like it is a true representation of them just pouring themselves like onto this paper. It's not classically trained. It's not informed by art school but it's just like them as a person, like every experience they've ever had Mm -hmm. shaping the way they see this deer. It's so cool. It is so cool. You know, um, I think it closed now, but the folk art museum in in New York was always a place that I love to go in any, any place you can see that, which now we can see it on Instagram, but the outsider art museum and in uh, Baltimore and places like that. and, And I'm, I want to get to Hungary and see some more, you know, Yes. (laughs) but those, I always feel like they're so honest. Folk art is very honest to that, Mm -hmm. to that person instead of it should look like this. It's like, no, it, it comes with emotion. And then again, the color and the, the interpretation is so refreshing because it's unique. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love it. Any, even three-dimensional folk art where it's, you know, they're chip carving something or, you know, oh yeah, really love that too. My, my favorite. Shannon, I think I could talk to you for hours. You, yeah. I, I love your spirit and how you, how you say things and, and the thoughts you have are, are very aligned with what I think is important. And it, it's really nice to be able to, to share that out. So thank you for that. Oh, it was so nice talking to you, Margo. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that I did it, even though I was scared. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> I'm really glad you did. I feel like when I look back, I'm not sure what I think this is going to be like episode 114 or something like that. And mm-hmm. when I look back over all the conversations I've had here and in my life and things like that, to me, this one and, and what we've touched on are top five important things I really believe in. So I just mm. love how you just you... gave me goosebumps. Aww. Thank you. It's so nice. <laughs> I mean it. It's uh, I mean, I love every single one, but you really said some things that I think are important. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Margo. Sure. Tell me or tell everybody where can they find you and learn even more about you? Yeah. So you can always find me on social media. Instagram is definitely where I have the biggest presence. Um, And my Instagram is at hello.shannon. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I have, I have other social media, but that is like the one that I tend to put all my energy into. So come, uh, come be my friend on there. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I just, um, I'd love to have you back and maybe next year you'll, um, teach one of the windowsill workshops. Cause I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun to do some explorative lettering mm, all day. I'll, I'll be yeah. there for that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Shannon. Thanks Margo. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.